Hello everyone, and welcome out to the good, the bad, and the geeky. I'm Nick Nitro. I'm your host with the most. I don't know why I say that every time, but you're listening to episode 297. That means we are three episodes away from the good, the bad, the geeky's 300th episode. Well, actually two, really, if you think about it. But fun fact, by the time this goes up, tomorrow will be the recording of our 300th episode, which will be the good, the bad, and the geeky live. I am super pumped for that. July 16th is the show. It starts at 7, uh, 7.15, depending. We'd like to start at 7, but we might be running a little behind, so 7.15 at the latest. So please, please, please uh, come out, support us. It's going to be great. And now, for the rest of our sponsors, speaking of our live show, our live show is hosted at pack rat comics go to packratcomics.com for more information on where you can check them out on facebook and as a matter of fact one of my favorite things ever is the wednesday new comic book day videos that jamie and Teresa post on the facebook feed so it's pretty cool you should check that they are the 2015 eisner award winning store meaning that you can only win that one time in your life it's a lifetime achievement kind of award for best comic book retailer and they won and rightfully so it, it's you always are comforting uh you're always comfortable when you walk in. You don't feel like there's a lot of weird eyes staring at you. It's a very family-friendly shop. And and that's that's important in today's culture, especially where geeks are starting to more openly rule the world, um, so to speak. Board games, comic books, old and new. Back issue bins are pretty sweet. Their new issues, of course, are pretty great. Uh, you also have board games, card games, and much more at Pack Rack Comics. Now, Audible, audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. That's a 30-day trial, over 180,000 titles to choose from. And just a little note, if you try that, it throws some scratch our way now. But before you do that, I just want to give you a fair warning too that it will auto-renew for the trial, so keep that in mind. But here's the great thing. Say you do the trial and you go, you know what, I I don't want to auto-renew. That's okay. Go ahead, you can stop that, but here's the thing, the audiobook you get, that is yours to keep. You don't return it back or anything like that, it is yours. Thing is, is that I'm still with Audible. They are a great service, and matter of fact, one of my favorite books I've ever gotten from them is Steve Martin's Born Standing Up. So, and Steve Martin performing some of his own shticks, and it it's great. You guys should really, really check it out. Born, uh, Born Standing Up is the Steve Martin book I suggest that you download. But you might, may, maybe you're a fan of, of Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. I think they just, that's a big deal. They added Harry Potter on there recently, I believe. So check that out as well. AudibleTrial.com forward slash good, bad, geeky. 30 day free trial. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. Okay, I'm done. All right, so about this episode. What is this episode about? This episode is about the film Love and Mercy. Now, before I begin, a quick heads up that I apologize that I'm drinking water. I don't mean to because that's the one of the worst things you should never do on a podcast is drink. But you know what? Fuck the rules. You know what? Because that's how I roll, y'all. I just do that. I do shit like that. The film is a is the biography, if you will, of Brian Wilson. The film tells the story in the past and in the future. Uh, or the past and the past past um the way far back past groovy baby um paul dano plays brian wilson uh, of beach boys fame in the 60s gearing up to do smiley smile the album that he did with van dykes park and then of course john cusack plays the older 
and very troubled Brian Wilson, of uh, who's being watched by all times by Dr. Eugene Landy or Landry. I can't get that last name right. If I mispronounce it, please know now that I, I'm just a huge colossal fuck up, and I I apologize. But the film kind of goes into that, and it jumps back and forth, and it's a unique way to tell the film. I won't lie; it's very unique, and, and something I'm not used to. It, uh, and I appreciate it a whole heck of a lot. Now, I will also throw out there too, growing up, and I think our generation doesn't have a lot of stuff like this, but I grew up watching the best of the Ed Sullivan show, uh, the best of Jack Benny, um, Jack Benny, the the king of, of entertainment, or you know the specials on the Beach Boys on VH1. Like I was fascinated by that stuff because when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to listen to a lot of contemporary music all the time i would maybe get an hour here or there uh, or five maybe one or two songs like a 30 minute because we were always going places and i was always in the car which by the way without a baby seat i remember when i was growing up man we didn't have baby seats we were just in the back seat of the freaking car you know i digress jeez sorry that's my old man rant for a second of course that pain will probably change when i actually have kids and i realize it is an actual dangerous serious threat but you know i grew up without it and i'm still here and i'm fine matter of fact you probably did too but what do i know i digress the film goes into a lot of stuff i remember listening to growing up and to see it come to life is just bizarre and eerie like you would see you know, eight millimeter film footage, or I think it would be eight or 16 millimeter film footage of Brian Wilson in the studio recording Smiley Smile. And you're going, oh my God. Like, I remember there was a still photo of him wearing a fire hat and Paul Dano did that in the film. And it's just, it's just eerie. And Brian, uh, or Paul looks like Brian, I should say from that time period. Cusack doesn't necessarily feel that way to me. And again, at that point, it's really more of the caliber of the actor that you have playing him. And, also, I feel like older Brian doesn't get a lot of time to shine as much. And maybe it's just because I wasn't as knowledgeable about Brian in that time period, but I, I feel like you kind of wish that Paul Dana was able to play him in the future too. Um, in a way, it makes it kind of like an anthology story, a, a cool anthology story of the parallel narrative. You know what I mean? It's a good movie. It's not a great one, though. It, I feel like it could have been better. And part of the th- reason is that you're so immersed in what's going on in the present when you jump back into the into the uh, or I'm sorry, the past. When you jump back into the present, it feels a little bit like oh, we're we're back here. I want to go back to the other stuff because that stuff I feel is more fun. Um, even though when shit's falling apart, it feels more entertaining to watch because we already know what the end end result is 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 this this former shell of a man and it's heartbreaking to watch and maybe and of course that's kind of the point but the story is so interesting that you feel that some things are just more condensed for time even though they are very seemingly factually accurate for the most part for the most part um i remember carl wilson uh having a bigger role which by the way i think the young version of carl is played by uh matt devron or something like that brett devron he's uh, one of the characters in awkward on mtv and he does a really good job he doesn't get a bigger bigger role in the movie and that's the thing is that in the in the zatsis the sing yeah in the older older years for uh john cusack time period for that there's not a lot of there's actually no 
talk of the Beach Boys really necessarily, or you don't see the other brothers. And you don't get that sense that Landy or Landry, whatever his name is, was overreaching with the brothers. It's all from Melinda's point of view, and, and that's fine. But that's such a fascinating part of the story to me, right? Like the Beach Boys and their rise and, and Brian's rise and fall is kind of rooted in the relationships with the brothers, you know? And you lose that a little bit when it's not there. Or you don't really see the. You just get the sense that, oh, the brothers just don't talk and that's it. And you know that's not necessarily true because there's one scene where Elizabeth Banks Melinda's Ledbetter, if I'm saying that correctly, just calls Carl up and is like, Carl, I got some for yous, y'all. You know, and you're like, oh, wait, wasn't a fan the person that, that told him and that wasn't, you know, wasn't a fan and Linda, Melinda saying something about that? That's interesting. That's a little weird. So they make Melinda a little bit more of the heroine, uh, the hero of the whole piece, and whatever. In Brian's eyes, she probably is the hero. She saved him from the dark steps and really loved him as him, his demons and all. And that's important for people, uh, especially in today's society. I feel like people, it's hard to find love. It, it really is. It's, it's really hard to find that special person. And the film kind of covers that. But there's a part of you that really wishes that the film would have been split into two parts called Love, and the second part would have been Mercy. And then like the super long edit of it would have been called Love and Mercy. But it is what it is. The film still has to stand on its own merits. And for the most part, it very much succeeds. The film is bolstered also by a wonderful soundtrack featuring music from the original Beach Boys. Uh, there are some other little things that just bother me from what I remember. I know Van Dyke Parks was in, very much involved, I thought, with the creation of the song Good Vibrations. And I remember Cameron Crowe talking at length about the beauty of the song Good Vibrations. It's a very dark song, even though it sounds very poppy and kind of very Beach Boys-ish. Beach Boys-ish. But... You know, it, it's it, again, it's kind of bizarre. It's kind of weird that it feels like they bypass some of that. Like, one of the big things I remember from one of the specials that I thought was the Beach Boys had to give good vibrations up because Smiley Smile was just taking so long. Brian kept nitpicking it and tearing it apart, and he was being very demanding, and the brothers were losing their patience, and there's all this and that. And the film just kind of glances over that. Like, uh, Van. Parks Van Dyke or whatever his name is, he's in the movie, but not really, he's kind of there, and they don't really go into who he is, it's just more like, if you know who Brian Wilson is, then you know who that guy is, and and you're okay with that, but you don't really get a sense of all the moving pieces, and it's kind of heartbreaking in that regard, and again, it makes you wish there was more of the film, right, there was more of the back and forth, there was the love, and there was the mercy part, Again, and that's really the, the only downside of the film. Now, I will say John Cusack is not as good as Brian Wilson, uh, but one of the things that I noticed as a lover of film and, and a wannabe filmmaker was there's a little character moment where Cusack does this weird tick with his hands. And when you watch Paul Dano, especially in the later half, uh, when he's starting to hear the voices more more frequently, he, you know, he does the same kind of things with his hands. And... Oh my God, 
it's 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 just Cusack walking down the street as Brian Wilson and thinking about, am I going to cross here? Am I not going to cross? Uh, what am I doing? And it's just a little thing with his hands. And you know, that's for, this is the great thing about film. A lot of people will watch that film and never notice that. I think it's a wonderful little quirk that that Cusack. Again, you're hiring Cusack not to look exactly like. Brian Wilson, and maybe he did at the time. I don't remember that, uh, him looking that way necessarily. But the beauty of it is you're hiring the actor, and Cusack does a great job. But Dano has it up for him because I, you just feel him channel him, not just in looks, but in, I mean, it, it's just more dead on with Paul Dano. Um, and I, I don't remember him being nominated for an Academy Award. Maybe it was a Golden Globe, and he was nominated, but he didn't win. He should have won, though. It was really, really good. I really suggest that you watch this film. I got it off of Amazon Prime. What's really interesting about this, I will throw out there and say, is I thought the film came out in 2015. And I just remember here in Columbus, the film wasn't out that long. I remember it was out in one theater here, there, and it cropped, and it went away, it cropped back up for like another week. And it wasn't, again, I don't see a lot of films. And if I do, I have to see it with my significant other. Um, and Sarah and I, it's really hard for us sometimes to, to watch the films. And if we do, we go see the films that, that we both know for sure. And I, and I'm more of an open guy when it comes to music and stuff like that, uh, with the beach boys, things like that. So, um, you know, she enjoyed the trailer, but it wasn't one she was openly looking forward to necessarily. You know what I mean? Like it was, it wasn't on her radar. And so films, bigger, bigger budget stuff are, are stuff that's more on her radar. So, you know, uh, we go to that because that's, the, you know, you, that's what you do. Um, and by the time I did finally see it, there wasn't time to see it. It was just a, a myriad of factors of why we just didn't go. And I feel that says the order I get, I feel that some of those smaller films I, I miss more until they hit uh, streaming services or something like that. Love of Mer- Love and Mercy is one of those films, and I am regretful that I didn't see it in the theater. I feel like I could have enjoyed it a little bit more, um, even though I have a home surround system. And they really hit some things that because remember Brian heard voices and was trying to duplicate the voices he heard and what they were telling him and what he saw, what he could orchestrate, and. That is the most beautiful but strangest thing you could ever think of, right? Well, they try to capture that. There's a few times where the film just blacks out and you just hear the noises and, and everything. And, and to hear that in a, in a theater would have been really, really cool. But it is what it is. The film is is a good film. It could have been a little bit better just, again, because you just want to know more. It left you wanting more, which is a good sign, but a good sign. But in some cases, it, it, it you know, you want it also to be fulfilling and, and it didn't feel necessarily fulfilling and there's the difference. So check that out. Love and mercy. Now, if, did you see the film? Let us know what you thought. Email us at goodbaggeeky at gmail.com or tweet us at goodbaggeeky or comment on this on our Facebook page or gbgpodcast.com. So many ways to check us out. And, and by the way, leave us a review if you can on the show. We'd appreciate that. And uh, okay, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you on episode 298 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. Get out of here without cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Uh, Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place! 